0: All right, dog, count us in whenever you're ready. All
1: right, three, two,
2: one.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Anchor FM proudly brings you, it's soon to be, podcast champions of the world, the Teflon Terrence, the Debonair one, Jason, the Cow Park Bros, and if you're not down with them, they just have two words for you, like us, and that's the bottom line, because the Cow Park Bros said so. And what you're going to do when the Cow Park Bros podcast runs wild on you? Teflon Terrence, the debonair one, Jason. This podcast, the Cow Park Bros, is just too sweet. Let's get the podcast rolling.
1: welcome to the cow park bros podcast i'm your host terrence and with me is my co-host jason calling in from the back cave in indianapolis jason how are you my good man
0: i'm loving the trend of you having that loud resounding voice during the intro bro i'm feeling that keep that motivation up i'm liking it okay Uh, but hey as always man it's tuesday like i said before no more no longer is it uh, lame day it's game day because it's time for another episode of cow park bros ready to do it up big got the fresh Shave of the head, fresh face cut, man. Got to look good for everybody now. Now they're on YouTube and IGTV. Plug. Listen to what I just said with that. But uh, hey, man, ready to go. It's a great Tuesday. How's it for you, sir?
1: Doing pretty well, man. I'm I'm pretty psyched for this episode. Um, I was pretty amped. Just we had a spirited discussion, and I'm not even trying to be facetious about that. Like we. We're motivated to talk about the p- topics we wanted to talk about on CalPark Bros today. And you're right. It is not lame day. As a matter of fact, it is game day to the hosts that make up the Calpark Bros. Bros. Um, and we stay ready here on the Cal Park Bros podcast. For the uninitiated, Cal Park Bros is a weekly podcast for fans of culture, sports, life, and entertainment.
0: And as always, we are your hosts, Terrence and Jason, And every single Thursday, we release a brand new episode where we discuss the current events of the day, sports, and the athletes we love. And
1: even some of the athletes we loathe. Friends, no matter the topic, you can expect a brutally honest and fun exchange of snark while learning through the lens of our 30 years of friendship that originated in Calumet Park, Illinois.
0: Folks, for more Cal Park Bros. content, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube under the handle Cal Park Bros or Cal Park Bros Podcast for more behind the scenes of the Cal Park Bros show and to engage with us every single day. But don't forget that the Cal Park Bros Podcast is available to listen and subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Folks, like us, love us, share us, follow us.
0: And if you like us, hell, why wouldn't you? Hey, by now, y'all know what it is. I don't need to keep saying it, but again, you guys are doing it, so we appreciate that. Keep it up.
1: Indeed. Yes. Thank you, fans of the show. We appreciate you showing the love and it keeps us motivated to keep bringing it on a weekly basis. All right. In segment one, we're going to be talking about mandatory vacations. I mean, mandatory vaccinations. Um, This was a topic that Jason wanted to bring up. I was trying to chill on COVID talk, to be perfectly honest. But I feel like. And we talked about this on the show, Jason at a certain point it is socially irresponsible if we don't talk about these things, if these things are becoming such a, a fixture of American life. So we will talk about it when we feel that it should be talked about. And based on some of the news that I'm hearing and seeing, um, this is not all that surprising that there, uh, are going to be mandatory vaccinations for certain uh, groups of um, citizens and certain groups of uh, tracts of life. For example, the article I'm seeing here from SHRM, that's uh, Human Resources Management, the United States military is going to be requiring COVID-19 vaccines for service members. Service members in the United States Armed Forces will be required to get vaccinated against the coronavirus by mid-September under a plan recently announced by the Pentagon. To defend this nation, we need a healthy and ready force, said Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in an August 9th memo. I strongly encourage all Department of Defense military and civilian personnel, as well as contractor personnel, to get vaccinated now and for all military service members to not wait for the mandate. Austin's plan allows time for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to fully approve a COVID 19 vaccine. All of the FDA authorized vaccines are currently approved under emergency use authorization, but Pfizer's vaccine may be fully licensed by early September. The Pentagon will need a waiver from the President, President Biden, to mandate vaccines prior to their full approval. Austin said he has worked closely with military leaders, medical professionals, and the White House COVID 19 Task Force. I want you to know that I will seek the President's approval to make vaccines mandatory mandatory no later than mid-September or immediately upon the FDA licensure, whichever comes first. Okay. I'm not as surprised that the military is mandating this. Hell, when I heard that McDonald's was going to mandate a vaccine for all employees, I believe by October 15th, also not surprised this is happening it's it's only a matter of time before much of the fortune 500 much of our infrastructure is simply going to stipulate that hey if you want to um be a part of a certain organization or be a part of a certain event that they're going to stipulate that you need to be vaccinated in order to continue to conduct business so this honestly isn't all that surprising for me when you saw this news come out, Jason, what did you, what did you, what did you think?
0: So there's another aspect of this. We're going to talk about later on in the segment, and that's what really triggered me to talk about this. But when it comes to the military aspect to it, I know previously you and I talked about employers requiring the vaccine for their employees to be able to keep their jobs and work. Uh, mostly we talked about it when it comes to potentially schools and uh, uh, medical uh, facilities and things like that, hospitals and whatnot. Now, obviously, pe- people in the military, personnel, your boss, basically, is the United States government. But I, I-, I said this yesterday that the fact that it's being required of military personnel, I almost feel like it ad- adds a little bit of a certain zing or twist to this this type of story. because. Well, number one, yes, yeah, the government saying that it you know, it's requiring people to take it, even though it's their employees. The the fact that partially because the military basically and I, and I hate using this term in a way, but basically because you're in the military and signed up to be a part of that for a certain amount of time, they basically own you. People might not like that that the way that term is, but let's be honest, it's, it's really the truth. Because you can't easily leave that employment like you can anywhere else. They tell you where to go. You hit, can't fight it. They might station you in one place. You got to move to another one. You can't fight that. They tell you what to wear, what to do, when to do it, so forth and so forth is what it is. So the fact that they're essentially now going to make these people get the vaccine and I'm sure, well, maybe they don't. I haven't, in all the stuff i read about this, I don't know if they're, they're allowing any th- type of medical exemptions or religious exemptions or not like other places might, but, they're basically making people get this. Now, I know people are, are already fighting this or looking to start fighting it. Uh, I found an article I had to pull it back up that basically were saying that uh, there's a law firm in Texas that gets, received a lot of phone calls from military personnel who are planning on fighting this because they don't want to take the vaccine. Just like there's plenty of people in regular society, case in point, that don't want to get vaccinated. There's plenty of people there that don't either. But well, I guess my question is, what's going to be the ethics, ethics strategy for these people if if the, whatever fight you're going to make, you lose it. Is this going to be like an, a dishonorable discharge if you don't want to take the vaccine and get t- kicked out of the military? I mean, like you were saying before, if they're refusing a direct order, if that's what it's going to be taken as, then I guess that could be looked at that. I don't know. I mean, if anybody's in the military and has any insight into that, definitely let us know. But I just find that completely interesting. I think this adds a certain different twist to it than just a normal employee like Joe Blow, Joe Schmo, like me and you. Um, I, I'm just interested to see how this plays out. When it, not, not, not to say they're going to reverse course, because I know they're not. They're um, not. So, but when I say play play out, I mean when it comes to are there going to be huge, large stories of personnel from around the world making a big fight about this. I, I'm pretty sure there probably will be. I mean, once the day gets closer to mid-September, we might hear more about it. But I, I think this from my, my perspective, is interesting. It may not be a big deal. I know initially when the uh, Vaccine came out. People in the military were kind of used as test dummies or lab rats, for lack of a better term. But truth. But uh, but what do you think about the military aspect of this vaccine requirement?
1: I think I feel the same way about the military requirement. The same way I feel about the the. It is yet another business that is making a business decision about business continuity. The people that are effectively deciding, hey, I'm on the fence. Well, United States government is saying, kids, you cannot afford to be Switzerland on this motherfucker. So it's time to either put up or shut up. And honestly, I don't think there's going to be... Every time someone makes um, policy, it seems like people are always trying to... They're trying to amplify this... This, uh, Frankly, I think it's the minority at this point because I believe a majority of United States Americans happen to be vaccinated at this point.
0: Of a certain
2: age. Okay. How many Americans does the United
1: States
0: happen to have? Listen, many, no, many, not... no, no, no. Answer my question. How many people are we talking to, Jason? Listen, I'm going to the Terrence dodging question dodging school here, so I'm going to dodge your
2: question completely. Because you don't... You, okay, so let's just say it's 300 million.
1: I don't mean to go all Johnny had five apples on you today, but let's just say it's 300 million. How many Americans have been vaccinated right now? We can look it up. I got time. We got all the time in
0: the world. My point was whatever the percentage is of people who are currently allowed to get the vaccine <laughs> is higher than what it is for the total number of the human population in the United States. Because like you, like we talked about yesterday, if you're 12 and under, or under 12, you can't get the vaccine yet. So who knows how many of those people aren't going to get vaccinated because mom and dad don't want to let them or the kids themselves don't want it. So you, so, make it, so you make it out to be like some 80% number of the people in the United States being vaccinated. Yeah, that's correct. of the ones who are maybe allowed to get it?
1: No, no, no. I said majority, which means 51%. That is it, literally what I said, Jason.
0: Is that that, is, fine. Is that still correct, even if you include people who can't get it yet because of their age? Well, based on what I just brought up on
1: the Washington Post, We're at about 57% of the total United States population.
0: Fair enough. Go ahead.
1: So the reason why I brought up the, the number is because if you already have the majority, you can't magically turn back the hands of time fucking share style, and it's magically going to be 49 tomorrow. So, fuck that. What
0: is your point in but this night trap, sir?
1: I reject that outright, Jason. What I'm saying is if it's fifty seven percent today, it's not gonna magically be forty
2: seven percent tomorrow or in a year from now. so those who are of age and ultimately, this isn't even about
1: um citizens in the United States who happen to be 12 and under because to your point, I'll give credit they can't get the vaccine yet but that doesn't mean that we get to kind of gallivant around about will they or won't they I maintain there's a majority of motherfuckers who have kids 12 and under they want to get the shot for their kids too See, what you were all tight about, we haven't even gotten into, but you want to talk about burying the lead, Jason? We really should be concerned about when the vaccine will be available
2: because school's going to start. Hell, school's starting for my kids tomorrow. So if anything...
1: That's what we ta- We should be talking about, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Listen, if people have had an ample opportunity to get the shot and you're still on the fence, I don't know what I can do to convince you otherwise. I'm also not going to spend a lot of time worrying about it because there are plenty of fucking people who have children 12 and under who would gladly take that spot, who would gladly take that shot if they were in a position to do so. Hell, you got motherfuckers literally had the Moderna or the Pfizer or the Johnson & Johnson and they are willing to fucking lie about which one they got. Like a fucking crack fiend. Because the thought of the Delta variant scares the shit out of them so much. They are so
2: desperate. They'll take any version of it. So No, we don't know what the effects of that is, but we do know the long-term effects of the
1: half a million people that are fucking dead. So, that's my thought on it. I would love to hear what you were really ratcheted up about this particular um, point about mandatory vaccines in the first place. Um, But yeah, that's where I'm at on it, because my kids are starting school tomorrow, and I, there's only there's only but so much sympathy I can have for people that love to hypothetically fantasize about a choice that they won't fucking have in the first place. That's where I'm at. This whole oh well, so and so is calling people in Texas. Don't nobody give a fuck because at the end of the day, we're talking about federal fucking policy. I don't give a fuck what some douchebag fucking lawyer in Texas thinks about this. How'd that work out for um, the the nurses in that one um, medical uh,
2: district? And the Supreme Court already argued on that. That's where I'm at, Jason. First of my, all,
1: my tolerance for that level of fuckery is incredibly low. I'm about to send my better half into fucking school tomorrow. I'm going to send my children there. My tolerance for that level of fuckery, for those sorts of
2: fake concern stories is incredibly low. So that's where I'm at. First of all, well, a few
0: things here. Uh, I'm glad you got one of your uh in. That's, that's fantastic. I'm sure some listeners will love that. We are uh, so.
1: Over like 35 minutes on this segment, by the way.
0: No, we're not. No, we're not. (laughs) You know, we're not. We're good. Uh, First of all, or second of all. Yeah, I I definitely hear you when it comes to schools already starting and probably something should have been decided when it comes to kids getting it. Because actually here in uh, Indiana or Indianapolis, kids started last month in July. Shockingly enough. Um, Uh Yeah, I I didn't understand that at all, but it happened. Uh, A little bit to your point. I don't really think there's a, that many people on the fence about the vaccine anymore. I think about at this point, either you wanted it and got it, or you don't want it because I think between January, whenever, whenever it came out. And now you've had seven months to do your research. I mean, yeah, sure. It might be uh, people still thinking, I think at this point, anybody who
2: would have gotten it or wanted it who's of age probably already got it um, in the United States, at least um, to that point as well, though, some stuff could change because this is the
0: part that I want, I don't want to say I got hyped up about, but the one thing I wanted to bring up was the mandatory vaccination requirements that are going to, well, start today actually in the city of New York, New York city. And, and you kind of said something there earlier that it doesn't surprise you that vaccinations for stuff like this are taking place, which I find interesting because two weeks ago when we were talking about Lollapalooza, I brought up the fact that they should have possibly should have just had the event and only had it for people who are vaccinated as opposed to people who just showed a negative test in three days. And you scoffed at that initially you did. And then now you're saying, you're saying you're not surprised by it. Well, this is why I really wanted to bring it up because while we were talking about that, this was already in motion in New York city already from, ha- uh, at happening. And it started out. <laughs> that it was just gonna be for like gyms, uh, restaurants, bars, stuff like that. Well, that has since changed. And again, as of today, it pretty much includes in New York City, again, not the state, but the city, pretty much anything outdoors uh, or indoors. Movie theaters, live music, concert venues, museums, aquariums, uh, sporting events, stadiums, convention centers, exhibit halls, bowling alleys, whatever you wanna think when it comes to entertainment, indoor dining, restaurants, bars, event spaces, cabarets, nightclubs, strip clubs, fast food, indoor dining, anything, indoor fitness, gyms, fitness centers, fitness classes, pools, studios, sports classes, whatever. So pretty much if you're doing it indoors, for the most part, um, you got to have a, the vaccine for that. Now, there are some exceptions. Obviously, if you're under 12 and can't get the vaccine, then obviously that doesn't apply to you. Um, athletes, c- contractors, entertainers, performers who live out- outside of the city doesn't apply to you. And this is all according to ABC News 7 in New York. Uh, church potlucks, office buildings, house parties, or people who are just ducking into a building to use the bathroom or pick up food doesn't apply to you either. So there are some exceptions, but primarily, if you want to do any of this stuff, you're going to have to get vaccinated. And that includes showing proof of vaccination, just like you would show ID at a restaurant to get alcohol. Same thing. So if you're at a restaurant, servers got to ask you, let me see your Vax cards, and that's it. And they're even going to the point of finding restaurants that don't adhere to these. The initial fine is $1,000. bucks. 2nd time is $2,000. bucks. 3rd time, $5,000. Um, didn't say anything if the restaurant does it after that. Could be more increased fines. Could be just keep getting fined five grand. So they're, they're pretty serious about this. And I definitely understand it from their aspect because if, if anybody remembers last year, they were pretty much a or the hotbed for COVID about a year ago. So yeah. I'm sure they have no desire to go back to that at all.
2: So this is the measure that they have taken. Now, again, I I do understand it when
0: it comes to their side of why they're doing it. But I do kind of wonder in a way, from a overall perspective for the whole country, is this gonna be a monkey see, monkey do thing? Is there gonna be a line drawn just for even just New York? Because even in Los Angeles, they're in the process of possibly doing the same thing there. I mean, there's some fight by politicians about this, and even as far as some of the citizens protesting against it and even committing acts of violence at protest events like stabbing people just because they're so amped up about this not, ha- not happening, you know. Uh, not that I'm making any excuses for violence or stabbing, but it's happening. So, but I just, I, I find it interesting that, that that's a take, as you took two weeks ago, now you changed. But, I, I, but I'm, I'm allowing you to have growth, which is great as a human being. And I, know, even, you're ha- and I, and I, I know you're going to have your retort to that, but I'll let you get to you're
1: that. You're saying that somehow that's a contradiction.
0: Because it is. But again, I'm allowing you to have growth in two weeks. You might have smartened up,
2: and that's fine. Not saying you're dumb, because you're not. But about this particular situation, you smartened up. But but I do
0: I hearken back though months ago, maybe even a year ago, people were, perhaps in some regard, conspiracy theorists maybe, were saying that the government's trying to control us, this is where's the line gonna be drawn. This is back when it comes to just mask wearing. Um now I'm never a conspiracy theorist and I definitely don't you know subscribe to any individual who is that but like I said New York City's doing this LA's thinking about it the two major markets in the country are doing it
1: Chicago's next
0: I was going exactly is Chicago next Atlanta Houston Dallas Seattle Philadelphia you know are all these other cities eventually going to do the same thing and I I I almost want to say probably yes if we start getting further and further into the year and we're not getting past this, I mean, supposedly Delta variant supposedly in other countries has gone by pretty quickly, so maybe this will be the same thing with us. I have my doubts given how we handle things individually in this country when it comes to COVID at this point.
1: When you say how we handle things individually, what do you mean by that,
0: Jason? Bro, so the many conversations we've had on on this show about people not masking out in public and again, I'm sure some people are vaccinated, so they're not wearing... We're probably using that as their, again, magic pill. Say, I'm not wearing one because I'm good, and I am not. I don't have to because I am. Or they're just pretending like they're vaccinated just because they don't want to wear a mask anymore. Again, I always get the gym example. There's no way when I go to the gym, the close to 100 people that are in there are all vaccinated. But yet, no one but me and maybe two other dudes are wearing mask. So that's what I mean by that. So with that being the case, again... It wouldn't shock me at this point, which is really sad if you think about it, if we're still dealing with this through the end of 2021, because 2021 is supposed to be way better than 2020, which it is to some degree. We're not totally in lockdown completely yet. But I thought by now, by the end of summer in 2021, we wouldn't be going back to this type of stuff in New York City or having another major city thinking about the same thing. And Chicago probably doing the same at some point. I don't have any factual information about Chicago, and I don't think either one of us do, but looking at what's probably going to start happening in Chicago could be the same thing. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it off. Cause I, I know I've been talking a lot on this, but I want you to jump in there about the whole city aspect of mandatory vaccinations.
1: I mean, as far as the city aspect, I, what I, I, Jason, I truly believe that just because I said that, yes, they should have had that. I didn't have a problem with Lollapalooza being held given the protocols that were
2: being in place. Stop. Let me finish. Here's the thing. They at least had a fucking plan. There's no such thing as 100% adherence to any plan.
1: because, And I brought up the speed limit example
2: for that. Because, yeah, state trooper or your local municipality
1: cop not going to catch every motherfucker out there going, going 5, 10 over. Hell, I'm not even saying they should pull you over. I'm saying that if you are so out of pocket that you are literally driving 30 miles over the, the speed limit, you are a danger to yourself and those in your community. They should absolutely deal with you. Um, and that's what I, what I was referencing when I talked about Lollapalooza. Whatever the numbers are, and if Chicago does in fact decide to utilize something similar to what New York is doing or what Los Angeles is doing, it's, listen, Lollapalooza was four
2: days. Chicago been open since, uh, since what, March? You know, Bud
1: Billiken Parade still on, (laughs) right? Um, Although I heard some uh, festivals have already been canceled. But, I maintain, that's because what people have been doing the last four months. You know, it's a cumulative effect in everything. Everything good and everything bad. Nobody fucks up their life in or the lives of others typically in a four-day time span. It's over the course of weeks and months. We're in this predicament as a country in these major metropolitan areas because, to Jason's point, it's been a lot of motherfuckers unvaccinated and once the masking mandates went away, those of you who are not vaccinated effectively started free-balling it. We are also in this predicament because those of us who are vaccinated have effectively treated being vaccinated is... The fucking invincibility star in Super Mario Brothers. Some of y'all are fault too. You know, I went to my doctor's office last week. They stipulate you got to wear a mask, so I wear a fucking mask. Okay, COVID vaccine or not? Why?
2: Because that's what was asked of me. I'm conducting business in a house. The shit ain't over. If it was over, do you think your your good friends in the medical industry would still be wearing masks? And there's no way for here's the here's the problem. Everybody has done a
1: horrible job of managing their expectations because everyone's like, "Oh man, I thought COVID was only going to last. Man, I thought we were going to be on lockdown for like three months." Six months. Tops.
2: We all
1: got it wrong, okay? It's not just Fauci. We all fucked that up, okay? We
2: all... And it's not even really your fault. Because... I'm 41. None of us has actually
1: dealt with a real deal, once-in-a-lifetime pandemic before,
2: Okay? Like, the closest we can fucking come to it is the fucking bird flu. So,
1: I'm not even angry at people for not getting it at first. I am frustrated and will continue to be frustrated at those who, in the
2: face of I don't know, legit fucking math, and the fact that while many of us may not have children, somebody you know got children. If all
1: these numbers going up and in a lot of places school hasn't even started
2: yet. Oh boy, we are in for a world of hurt. So that's my thought on
1: these municipalities doing these mandates.
0: So first of all, don't you just love when I say first of all because you know I'm about to go into it. Um, but I'm keeping my chill as you, as you requested. Um, the the reference I was making to the previous episode about Lollapalooza was really specifically towards when I was indicating about just having the event or any others for vaccination only. And that's the part that you were kind of scoffing at there. That part. Specifically. So that's the part I was you know, mentioning because you scoffing specifically at that part, okay? And again, not wow. taking not taking issue just to noticing that, but again, that was in the works while we were actually talking about that a couple of weeks ago, so. But I just found it interesting that you scoffed at it, and then all of a sudden here's a city basically mandating, hey, this is going to happen, so. And now, like you said, it's very possible that Chicago may be in the same boat of doing it, so.
1: See,
2: uh, I was only stipulating that, and I maintain we're still going to need people vaccinated or not,
1: some people may feel more comfortable wearing masks anyway. So, and, or for me, it was like, okay, let's find a way forward. It's like, okay, even if I have to deal with people who aren't vaccinated, um, because, just because I see the world one way, doesn't mean everyone else is going to see the world, world the way I do. And also, you can't you can't guarantee that everyone's going to do what needs to be done. So, excuse me, for me that was a way forward. But shit, that was at this point that's going to be 3 weeks ago. Like the 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 what we're up against with COVID and the Delta variant could have very well changed, have changed so much.
2: That who knows? Who knows what Lala looks like in a year from now? Who knows what Lala would have looked like? Um, had they known that these numbers were creeping back up.
1: But I get your point. I get your point. I think I think what you're trying to say really is that Terrence, isn't it interesting that you were somewhere in the middle and that some of these cities are effectively saying, okay, we're going to push the envelope a little bit more in terms of requirements?
2: Sure, we'll go with that. But
0: uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of things, and I'll go ahead and drop my, my uh, uh, input into this. But I think I told you the other day that I found an interesting meme on social media, which in some cases, I, I seem like it's, it's funny, but it's pretty accurate in cases of some people who are vaccinated. But basically, the meme was saying—I uh, forget the verbatim what it said—but essentially, it said that some people who are vaccinated act like they're Christ who died for our sins. You know, um, basically acting like they're all holier than now and whatnot, and thinking they that we're, we're doing this for you, we're 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 saving you. And you know, again, I, that's again it's funny because at least from my perspective, I've experienced people who feel that way. So several so and the and the last thing i'll say before i let you close it out is that one stance that i again i'm not vaccinated i still mask up the one thing i i try to point to people is that if you go into a certain facility and all the employees are still wearing their mask either because they're required to or just because you know they choose to that might be an indication that maybe you should too you know
1: that's very true no i think that's an important distinction you know for me the uh, the pandemic wasn't over. You know, e- anytime we talked about post COVID, it was like, "Hey man, we're not there yet. We can talk about it, but I don't mean we in it." And these these corporate decisions,
2: these these government decisions, um, they very much really illustrate
1: that we are not there yet. So. Um, Jason, I, I feel like I asked for chill and I also felt like I, in the endeavor to ask for chill, chill was received, but I also feel like in order for chill to be received, chill had to first be given. So respect to you, my brother. Um, listen, we always gonna hit topics hard. I just want us to be able to say, okay, let's look one another in the eye. the the, the day after (laughs) you know so and for me and the stakes what they are for my better half and my children it's important for me to do that even though you know I'm doing this with someone who I may not see 100% eye to eye on that's
2: fucking life guys if you can't at least engage with people on the quote unquote
1: other side (laughs) In quotations, if you can't, if, if you can't even potentially engage with people that you want to seek to change their minds about something. That's my challenge to everybody listening to this podcast right now. If your goal is to try and change somebody's mind about some shit, think about how about the way in which you talk to them about that thing you wish you want to change their mind. Because to Jason's point, the holier-than-thou act probably isn't going to work. So that concludes our segment one on mandatory vaccinations uh, for organizations and the United States military. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about some hair discrimination uh, laws that have been uh, enacted uh, by states that ultimately are going to help black people. Um, going forward. Coming up next on Cow Park Bros.
2: Welcome back to Cow Park Bros.
1: Jason and I are fresh off the mandatory vaccination segment. That, my friends, was straight heat rock, as some folks like to say. We are curious what a lot of you have to say about these mandatory um, vaccination decrees happening in some businesses. Yeah, I don't find a lot of this to be all that surprising. Frankly, Chicago, some local Chicago businesses were doing some of this stuff before um, New York even tried to put it on the books. So in this segment, we're going to be talking about uh, hair discrimination um, and black hair discrimination specifically, because it seems to be Jason, us being black men, we seem to hear from a lot of black men and black women about issues where they're being ostracized in schools or being ostracized in corporate, uh, corporate workplaces and there's been a lot of you know especially with um the BLM movement of recent note there's been a lot of focus about frankly centering the the, the black experience and making it so that those people who can be themselves in these uh spaces um i just happen to Read up on this this week because I this is an article from WGN TV uh, in Chicago. The governor, Governor Pritzker, signs a bill preventing hair discrimination in schools. He signed that legislation on Friday the 13th. Lawmakers said the bill SB 817 addresses injustices and in dress code policies and protects black youth facing hair bias in schools. Nobody should be made to feel less than for how they express themselves. So in Illinois, we're making it so school uniform and dress code policies in Illinois cannot prohibit or restrict hairstyles historically associated with race, ethnicity, or hair texture, said Governor Pritzker. The bill prohibits school uniform and dress code policies from restricting hairstyles that have been historically associated with race, ethnicity, or hair texture. This may include, but that is not limited to, braids, locks, and trisks. The bill is also known as the Jet ha- Hawkins Law, a four year old Chicago boy who was told his braids were in violation of his school dress code. His mother, Ida Nelson, began raising awareness on the impacts of stigmatizing children's hair. At the press conference, State Senator Mike Simmons said the General Assembly is currently working on a bill that would extend the protection to the workplace. Aha, this is the part that I really care about. Um. So, one, this bill goes into effect January 1st, 2022. Um, so that'll be an important footnote. But really, it seems like there has been a groundswell of support for more legislation like this, Jason, not only in our schools, Which really uh, is where a lot of these wayward policies and uh, ill-conformed policies come come from. And then they effectively set the culture for corporate America. So um, I'm thrilled that this was... Because J.B. Pritzker gets a lot of shit for a variety of reasons. If it's not taxes, it's toilets. And if it's not toilets... It's massed in schools. But I feel like objectively, you got to acknowledge, hey, the governor did right by his people, man. So um, and so did the lawmakers who effectively signed this bill into law. Um, what are your thoughts hearing about, number one, the law uh, that's been enacted, the fact that it's been enacted in some other states? And, and lastly, that we're still dealing with shit like this in 2021, man, where you effectively get criticized for being less than, almost as if you can't be a professional and have your hair a certain way when you're black.
0: Yeah. um, A few things to touch on that you kind of already hinted towards and referenced. So this is something that was done in Illinois, not just Chicago. Uh, Illinois has now the 14th state to adopt uh, laws regarding the CROWN Act, which the CROWN, uh, CROWN, C-R-O-W-N, stands for Creating a Respectful and Open Workplace for Natural Hair. Um, I think that's pretty awesome there. Now Like you said, it's not just limited to the workplace. It also applies to schools and uh, stuff like that as well. Uh, but I mentioned the 14th state. So starting with California uh, back in 2019, I believe July 2019, California was the first state. Uh, But the other states that have done this, uh, including pretty recently this year, but again, California, Oregon, New York, New Jersey, Virginia, uh, uh, Washington, Maryland, Connecticut, New Mexico, Delaware, believe it or not, Nebraska, and Nevada. So, oh, Colorado, sorry. Um, So... Obviously, it's a groundswell thing that's growing, and in fact, it's actually already been passed federally by the House of Representatives, and right now, it's it's in the process with the Senate to get pushed through as well. And of course, as we know, once that happens, it'll be a federal thing covered by all 50
2: states. My thought on this initially is, this
0: is awesome. Uh, I think this apply- this part kind of applies to you and me both. So the way we've worn our hair even as kids and now probably wouldn't have been the in the eye of being discriminated against because well obviously now we we don't really wear wear any. But even back in the day, the, I think the worst you might have had like, was like a high top fade, but that was really more at Kaiemet. So more of a, a black school. So Probably wouldn't have saw any there if we were to see any in the school. It would have been when we got the Shepherd. Um, and even then, I didn't see any. I would love to hear from any other black females we went to school with back in those days, either in Calumet, if you, or even some of the males who had you know the dreadlocks or anything like that or braids. Whether you were at the school we went to, if we were grade school or or at Shepherd, if you've experienced anything, it's definitely we'd love to hear from you. Calparksbrose at gmail Send us information there. Um. But I have talked to people that I've worked with before, either at the current place I work or in previous situations, where they said they felt pressure, either directly or indirectly, to wear their hair a certain way. Because they felt like they might not either might not get hired for a job, or they might affect their standing or status in regards to promotion promotability within the company because of where they were their hair. And even though we're talking about the Crown Act, when it comes to you know discrimination because of our hair or you know the way we choose to wear our natural hair, because that's what this, this seems to be all about that we're supposed to wear our natural hair, which I think some people may not understand what our natural hair is and what it can do or can't do. But when it comes to this, and I think I mentioned this to you the other day, is that what it comes down to and you hinted to this that unfortunately, in times of for us going to school and work we feel like we have to suppress our blackness. Whether it's our hair, the clothes we wear, and I don't necessarily mean just dress codes in general, but the clothes we wear, the way we talk, stuff like that, there is that pressure for us to suppress our blackness. And, and, it, and sometimes some of that may extend to outside of school and work. But when it's happening at work or school, that's where the problem is, and that's why laws like this have to come into play. You mentioned Pritzker gets a lot of flack for all the stuff he does. Well, that is part of being a politician. No matter what you do, somebody's gonna be happy, somebody's gonna be mad, somebody's gonna think you're doing a good thing, somebody's gonna think it's pointless. And believe it or not, Terrence, him doing this was no is no different. And I, again, I know it's social media, so take it for what it's worth. But in that uh, there's a post he made on J.B. Pritzker, on his Facebook page, which, of course, documents all the stuff he does. And he posted about that in particular on uh, Four Days Ago. And, of course, there's pictures of him in the school, signing the bill and the act, people there from the schools, other people, including, I believe, the child we mentioned, who had, you know, in Chicago, experienced that discrimination because of his hair. He's right there next to Pritzker, so forth and so forth. So I was very curious when it comes to the comments people would make when it comes to how people feel about this. Now, of course, there are people who supported it. Um, people that are happy about it. Some people agreed that they felt like it's very weird in t- 2021 that we had to have a law about this to disc- not discriminate against somebody because of you know how they wear their hair. That, yeah. but then of course you have plenty of people out there who made the comment that is this what he's doing now? There's more, or there's more important things that he could be doing right now: taxes, other and other things as well just not really understanding how they can be discriminated against or people saying, well, if the school can not you know, is not, you do this Just go to, go to another school, which anybody that knows about the public school system, probably in any state, you can't just up and go to another school. You know, it's not always like that. So, uh, so definitely mixed reviews when it comes to this. I think people just don't understand. Now, the one good thing I did see is some people were, you know, of course you're going to have idiots in the comment section of social media. That's, that's what comes along with the territory. But there were some people out there trying to educate people and make people understand, hey, you know what? This, I understand you don't get it, but this is how it really is. You might not feel like like it's not important to you because you personally have never been discriminated against because of your hair or how you look, how you dress, how you talk. At least not when it comes to a job or school or work or anything like that. So it's definitely a good thing. It's I I am very even though this isn't specific to Chicago, like I've always said before, I don't like things that make our city look bad. You know, is this the biggest issue going on in Chicago? That's not for me to decide, but it's an important issue for the whole state, not just Chicago. The world. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I, and even though I personally have never been affected by any hair discrimination, the fact that I know many women right now, youth and adults, of black descent who do wear their hair naturally, and I personally think it's beautiful, I think about them who you know have they gone through this yet? will they go through this as they continue to you know wear their hair naturally because natural hair movement it's there, whether you're black or even I see people who aren't black do it because they recognize the beauty of it number one, and they realize it might be better for their hair in some cases so um and I, I won't call her out on the on the show per se, but there's a certain individual that you and I both know who chooses to the wear their hair naturally, uh, someone close to us who is a youth that we both love. Uh, they're coming of age, and I hope that, that they can go through this world, hopefully, through work and through uh, school, that they don't have to uh, go through this again or go through it anymore if they've already had it or just don't experience it at all. So. I think this is a great thing, and I hope the uh, U.S. Senate gets off their horse. And I hate to use that term, you know why? Easter. (laughs) Yeah, but I hope. Thank you. But um, they need to take care of this and get it done for the whole country, so that way it can't happen anymore. And I do. Are we going to go over some uh, examples of high-profile cases of this, so people can kind of get an understanding of what we're talking about specifically? But Terrence, I want you to jump in here on this. Talk to us.
1: I was thinking about uh, there's a anchor for CBS2 Chicago. Um, her name's Adriana Bigos. Um, Google her when you get a chance. Um, and I was following her on Instagram because she was talking about the the internal debate about you know celebrating herself. You know she's been a, a an anchor, uh, a, a newswoman. You know world renowned, reputable, um, not only in our current position, but also, you know, um, in other places as well. And she talked about the, the, the struggle for acceptance being a professional. And I'm like, okay, this woman is at the top of her game, top of her craft. And imagine having a deal with some bullshit like that, where you have to literally go at your producers about, how you're going to wear your hair. I mean, there there's, there there's a little bit of racism there, but there's also a little bit of sexism there too, because you got a lot of times white men trying to tell in these newsrooms, effectively gatekeeping and saying, hey, that's not um, the standard or that is not acceptable here. Um, and that you know, I brought her up because I'm just like, you know, I as I'm, you know, what she brought up, it resonated with me because I'm, you know, you mentioned the fact that you know, someone like Gabrielle, and I've ta- had this conversation with her. I'm like, listen, if you want to wear it a certain way, wear it a certain way, but know why you want to wear it a certain way, you know, if if women want to wear their hair a certain way. If black women want to, you know, get a perm, great. If black women want to wear it and go all natural also fucking great. Live life on your own terms.
2: That's what this fight is about. Okay. You know, I don't want to get into uh, oh, you know, you, you'll
1: see this on social media sometimes where, um, some troll will try and make some sort of commentary about the need for women to wear their hair a certain way. Um, and Jason, I think you kind of hit the right notes when you talked about black women having to deal with a lot of this bullshit. Um, and even though it's not because, because of our hairlines, it's it's not something that we really had to take head on, but it affects women in our lives um, and it affects the culture, and for that reason alone, we have to bring it up. We have to acknowledge it, and we have to challenge people when they try and act like it's not a big deal, as if there isn't a legacy of 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 self hate really that was built on that you know you know the 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 beauty industry um there's a lot of ugliness in that. Because a lot of the beauty industry is about making you hate yourself as the way you are in the first damn place. So that's a quote for you. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on it, Jay. You know, if, if, if women and, and black women especially want to be celebrated for doing their hair and doing it in the professional um, environment a certain way, then they have the right to do that. And we should be defending the right to do that. And in some cases, we will need to make an impassioned plea in person. And in some cases, we will need to advocate for laws to be changed. Um, and not only laws to be changed, but also laws to be enforced. Because this is it, just because the House of Reps and the Senate signs this and the president ratifies it, that's not the end of it. Oh, no. Because I can assure you there's going to be some asshole a year from now, or two years from now, that is going to try and... Undermine it and it will fall to us, the general public. I thought this was America people and we will need to, um, we'll need to, you know, close ranks and say, Hey, remember that thing that we said was important
2: and we'll have to defend it. So I hope we'll be ready. Fingers crossed.
0: But, um, I mentioned a couple of high-profile cases. Um, Some of this goes back a few years, or more than a few years, but still it's appropriate to what we're talking about. So, and some of you guys listening to this may remember hearing bits and pieces of this stuff in the news. Uh, One of these I certainly remember closely because it uh, it resonated with me a little bit. But in 2013, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission filed a lawsuit on behalf of Chastity Jones who argued that the company that hired her before rescinding the job offer due to her locks had racially discriminated uh, discriminated, uh, discriminated, against her. With the help of the NCAA, NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, her case went to the Supreme Court, which declined to hear it and didn't provide any explanation, unfortunately. In August 2018, there was a young girl at Christ the King Elementary School in Terrytown, Louisiana, who was sent home from school because of her hair braided Because of her braided hairstyle with extensions. In response, the Archdiocese of New Orleans Superintendent Raynell Houston issued a statement reiterating the school's policy of only permitting students to wear their quote unquote natural hair. Again, that term, natural hair. More recently, in December of 2018, a black high school student, this is the one I remember the most, a black high school student was forced to choose between cutting off his locks or forfeiting a wrestling match. The video footage, I've never seen the video of this, the video footage of his hair being cut went viral, resulting in the referee's suspension by the New Jersey State Interclassic Athletic Association and an investigation by the New Jersey Division on Civil Rights. That's also when the Governor Newsom became aware of the severity of this issue. Quotation, his dignity was exposed, his decision whether or not to lose an athletic competition or lose his identity came into, I think, stark terms for millions of Americans that never had that opportunity, said Newsom. That is played out in workplaces. It's played out in schools, not just athletic competitions and settings. Every single day, all across America in ways subtle or overt. Not too long after that, the ACLU of New Jersey put out a post, uh, what looks like on Twitter, that said this. This is not about hair. This is about race. How many different ways will people try to exclude black people from public life without having to declare their bigotry? We're sorry that this happened to you, Andrew. This was discrimination, and it's not okay. All this information, I just, again, you can always always Google it, of course, but I'm pulling this from an article that I found from Teen Vogue, which is granted from 2019, but still, the information in it is pertinent. So those are just some examples, people, of people, what we're talking about when it comes to, and I don't want to just put this on black people, but really anybody with that type of hair Basically, being discriminated against in workplaces, schools, or even athletic competitions in one case. And I mentioned the one about the rest, the student, uh, the wrestler stood out to me because I remember seeing that video of him having his ha- hair cut. And as I'm reading that article, thinking about that again, for whatever reason, I, and I know this may be a horrible analogy, but it reminded me and I almost, I kind of almost don't want to say this because I know it's not the same, but it reminded me of old movies I've seen of slave masters cutting the hair of their slaves. And again, I know it's not quite the same, but that's what it reminded me of.
2: I mean, it's closer than your last reference to
1: slavery.
0: <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> See, never mind. <laughs> See, this is how we, we're going to become a counterpart, bro. Stuff like that, okay? But, <laughs> but... But yeah, but exactly. So so hopefully just me describing those situations kind of lets people know what we're talking about here. And again, the part I say about natural hair. Okay. Yes, maybe wearing braids and dreadlocks might be the natural style of our hair, but it's still our natural hair. It's just a natural uh, a hairstyle that we can do with our natural hair. Just like anybody who doesn't have that type of hair can do hairstyles with their type of hair. Does that mean it's not their natural hair either? So I think that's what people, one thing people need to recognize, that yeah, if you're listening and, and, excuse me, are confused about things, again, our natural hair can be worn different hairstyles, but it's still our natural hair. It doesn't need to be permed or anything else, straightened, whatever you want to call it, just to satisfy you. So we have to succumb
2: to, I'll put it out there, the supposed white standards of beauty okay so that's really what we're kind of talking about here
0: and now i i mean i'll go and leave it at that because again this can go into a whole long segment which not that we're afraid of that but still but but yeah hopefully that those incidents kind of give people some insight into what we're actually kind of talking about here discrimination in the workplace because of our hair because it's not straightened Discrimination at an athletic event because it's not how it's supposed to be, quote-unquote. Stuff like that. And again, and it's not quite as easy as just getting another job and going somewhere else or going to a different school or having to choose between not wrestling at a, at a sport I love just because of my hair. So, people, if you have any other questions for us about this and want to get our opinions on it, we just gave some, but if you want some more, again, send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever, we'll talk to you. So, So, yeah, just let us know. Go for it, bud.
1: Yeah, man. I think, you know, we've 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 given you I don't I feel like if you don't understand it at this point, you're committed to not understanding it. Especially when you live in a country that is obsessed with touching black people's hair. Does that still happen, bro? Like what the fuck? No, really, does it people still do that? I mean it hasn't happened to me and Gabrielle. um, do you know it has to happen to her? Yes, okay yes, it has happened okay. it has not happened while I have been there, but yes, it has happened, and no, it is not fucking cool, and no, I would not just act like it would be a fucking okay deal. I would make it a fucking event, okay, okay, so i'm not saying i'm gonna put i'm gonna throw hands over it i'm saying i'm literally going to have a conversation with person x
0: you're not saying, saying it you're not saying you're gonna throw hands at them but you're not saying you're not gonna do that so i am not uncertain now i do i i feel you and i'm just saying i don't know what age that might have happened to her but i i really damn sure hope that it wasn't an adult looking to do that. It's one thing if another kid did it, but if it was an adult looking to do that, then I might have to be in there throwing hands with you too. But, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. So, all right. That concludes our segment on the hair discrimination laws that have been enacted. Go JB. (laughs) Uh, Coming up next, we're going to be talking about New York for another reason. Your boy Cuomo is out of there. Coming up next on Cow Park Bros. Welcome back to the Cow Park Bros Podcast. Jason and I are fresh off the black hair discrimination law. Uh, being enacted in Illinois and several other states. The law is important. The enforcement is more so important. Got to have a package deal. So, In segment three, we're going to be talking about another thing that, uh, frankly, New York gets to deal with in addition to COVID, and that is they're going to have a new governor. Uh, AP News reports that after months of holding on to power amid sexual harassment allegations and defying call to resign, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo abruptly did just that this past Tuesday. With Cuomo on his way out, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul is ascendant. She'll be handled a state royal by scandal and contending with the Delta variant and other, um, pa- and other issues such as the p- pandemic-related housing crisis. Uh, now, for those of you who may wonder how the hell uh, Andrew Cuomo ended up out of his governorship. Um, AP News reports that he was under investigation for several things, but the main thing that led to his resignation involved sexual harassment allegations that ranged from inappropriate comments to groping. An investigative report released last week said he sexually harassed 11 women, many of whom he had worked for him or the state. Other issues in play... How his administration handled data on COVID-19-related deaths in nursing homes, his $5 million pandemic leadership book deal. That's really what got him fried. <laughs> and whether friends and relatives were given special access to COVID-19 tests early in the pandemic. So, frankly, I knew it was a wrap for uh, Cuomo when President Biden said, yeah, man, you're going to have to go ahead and and, and resign, dog. You know, when someone higher up in office like that says, "Yeah, you have to resign. You have to do the right thing," at that point, it doesn't even fucking matter if the allegations are true. The court of a public, op- the court of public opinion had already determined that it was a wrap for Andrew Cuomo. So that's not all that surprising to me. Um, I feel like it was just the the body of evidence, not not the body of evidence, but the body of the heat from that investigative report it it was just going to be too much for him to actually keep that gig so um, you know I think Cuomo did a good job overall in terms of trying to handle the coronavirus his response but just because he did a good job on that doesn't mean that we're going to be Ignoring all of this other shit that he has allegedly done and that this investigative report has kind of called out where you got 11 women that either worked for him or had to deal with him in a State Department capacity on their basis saying, yeah, dude, he real fucking handsy. He think he's fucking quagmire.
2: So objectively, there's an issue there. And it had to be addressed.
1: I I also think I kind of compare this to Rudy Giuliani, where Rudy Giuliani did a lot of good stuff in terms of his response to 9-11 and, and galvanizing support and trying to unite. That being said, Rudy Giuliani is a fucking asshole everywhere else of his in his life. Like he's a fucking scumbag. Um outside of that. And he can't just run on the fact that he had a good response to a fucking tragedy. Same is true for uh, Andrew Cuomo. So, what are your thoughts, Jason?
0: So I didn't know he was under fire potentially for any anything at all. Of course, I saw the you know report now that he will had to resign over sexual sexual harassment allegations, and I was like, wow. So my first thought was, and I think that article from AP News mentioned it. It's my thought was a huge fall from grace. So I remember last year when New York was going through the COVID stuff, his daily briefing and stuff like that, he was getting lauded for, oh, this dude's so cool, this dude's so awesome. He's a great dude. Now some of that might have been mostly from Democrats, maybe, but is what it is. Um I I'm sure a lot of people now probably are looking at him like the same way, a fall from grace. Um that was my first thought. And then I read upon what allegations Specifically, were about, and you mentioned eleven women involved. The groping of breasts, the groping of buttocks, uh, comments about their looks, their sex lives. You know, creating a work environment of rife that was rife with fear and intimidation. So, also, I, I kind of imagined, okay. People get accused of things all the time, especially when you're in the public eye. People always throw out there, okay, is this real? Did this really happen? Are they just trying to, you know, blackmail them or anything like that? But then I think, okay, it's 11 women. Not that I can necessarily see Andrew Cuomo doing this, but it's 11 women that are pretty detailed about what he did. Because it seems to me pretty pretty bold for any individual to, in a workplace, grope someone's breast and buttocks. And, and these days when, you know, this ain't the 1950s anymore where you can get away with this stuff. This is 2021. And if you're actually doing that, you're a pretty bold SOB to be doing that. No one is going to come back and bite you, even if it's just one person. Let alone 11 women. So... Again, this we aren't the court of public. We're only the court of public opinion here. Even though we are, you know, getting famous here on our end with the show. We're not, you know, cops. We're not detectives or anything like that. It's it's really hard for me to think he didn't do this stuff. You know, uh, supposedly he resigned because he didn't want to put the city and government through an investigation. Even though he, of course, he denies doing it. Which you know, if I was him, I probably would too. Um, but then I also kind of look back on. Like situations I've been in at work when it comes to have I seen any of this going on and I'm not talking about where I'm at currently I'm talking about like overall and every place I've ever worked going back to when I was 16 years old I, I've well not that I remember, I don't remember any situation where, where anybody was getting groped or anything like that but I guess mostly what I kind of remember is the inappropriate conversations that go on
1: Oh, the locker room talk right? Yeah as, as, as a certain former president would say
0: yeah, right. That wasn't actually in the in the locker room though. So right. um, and I've had a even more recently, going back to when I was 16, I've had a good mixture of jobs that were like either in the in the professional office type environment and those that were not, like more like service industry jobs, customer service, face-to-face interactions, things like that. And I gotta tell you that obviously when you see movies and things like that, you, when you think of sexual harassment and those monsters and deviants. Uh, what's the word here? I, I can't think of the movie. The one with Michael, Dov- Michael Douglas and um, uh, where he's getting sexually harassed by Demi Moore. Whatever that movie is there. You think of The Office Place as people who get harassed.
2: When close.
0: No, that's Fatal Attraction. I'm talking about the those. Uh, I can't think of the name. It was a movie with him and Demi Moore where Michael Douglas was the big shot at work. Demi Moore became his boss and she was actually sexually harassing him. Nobody believed him. What is it?
1: disclosure
0: yes thank you disclosure so you see movies and show like that and you think of sexual harassment happening in like the office type environment that type of work environment well i gotta tell you in, in, the, in the office type environments i've been in i've never seen any of that or heard any of that it's always been in the other type of places those service industry jobs restaurants convenience stores uh sporting arena jobs things like that um and i gotta tell you If some people would have gotten the authorities involved or the the powers that be, they would have gotten in equal amount of trouble because looking back on it, some of the stuff is pretty bad when it comes to what was said. Now, I don't know if certain lines are drawn because both parties were involved and it wasn't anything that was unwanted, if you know what I mean. But
1: no, I don't know what you mean.
0: Well, what I'm saying is like, okay, so this article mentions that Cuomo was uh, making comments about the, these other women's sex lives and things like that. While in the environments I'm talking about, the women are, are involved in the same type of conversations back with, the, with, back with the men too.
1: Okay, so it seems like it's more the Andrew Cuomo situation, it's unwanted, whereas in the scenarios you're talking about, women may be initiating these conversations more. Well, not
0: necessarily just initiating it, but more also keeping the conversation going. Okay. Now, that's not, not always been the case, but I, I I wonder if that's kind of the line drawn when it's not sexual harassment anymore. But I will say, I when it comes to at least in the workplace, I found like an uh, article on the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission website, and they basically kind of go over what actually is sexual sexual harassment. It is un, unlawful to harass a person, uh, person applicant or employee because of that person's sex. Harassment can include can include uh, sexual harassment or unwelcome sexual advances, requests for favors, verbal or physical harassment, or sexual or, or anything sexual of nature. It doesn't have to be sexual of nature, but it can be. It can include offensive remarks about a person's sex. Um, obviously, it doesn't matter who's if it's male or female, is a victim or a oppressor. Well, there. Um, it says although the law does not prohibit simple teasing, offhand comments, or isolated incidents that are not very serious. Harassment is illegal when it is so frequent or severe that it creates a hostile or offensive work, in, uh, work environment, or when it results in adverse employment decisions, such as the victim being fired or demoted. So obviously, that last part clearly as re- in reference to the Cuomo situation, uh, because again, they, he created a, uh, uh, workplace rife with intimidation and fear. So, um, so I will say this to anybody, whether you're male or female in the workplace, you need to be very mindful about the things you say and do. Not that because somebody's going to tell you, but really what it boils down to, it's all about common common decency and respect. You know, that
1: not always common. Well, and that's kind of what we're trying to get to the heart of, because. The 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 shit that Cuomo was being was being accused of and ultimately was his downfall. It wasn't just, oh, there was this one time at a Christmas party, I was, you know, I got a little hammered and I got a little sassy with some some of the gals in accounting. No. We're talking about a lifestyle of using the position to basically, you know. <laughs> have ha, have his way or, you know, to go at this full Mad Men style um, for those Don Draper aficionados to uh, uh, effectively have his way with them. Um, and for the and basically for those who didn't effectively give in, they may have been punished professionally. They may have missed out on, on um, promotion opportunities. You know, the governor has a lot of sway, has a lot of influence, has a lot of power. Um, and he effectively used that um against these women. So that that's that's the, the, the real crime. Um, and there, and to your point, there may be several, you know, not just in that situation, but in the the situations potentially with some of the, the service industry scenarios you mentioned. Um because the authorities weren't involved. At least they haven't been up until this point. Time will tell. Um, time will also tell if Cuomo's gonna keep that five million dollars for that damn book deal. So who knows? He that 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 this this uh development may have saddlebagged that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, his legacy pretty much is ruined at this point. Um I I don't think he'll I had I'd be shocked if he can ever get a political position ever again. I mean, I guess at this point, there's only really one place he can go, is that pretty much a governor of another state or president. His presidential campaign aspirations are pretty much done at this point. I think he had some going in last year with all the favor he was getting from the, the COVID stuff I was mentioning. That's done. Can't see him really get it, being another governor again because of what's his opponent that he's running against is going to bring up this. Uh, so he's probably done politically, at least, at least in the public eye. He might do something in politics behind the scenes maybe, but he's done. But I do want to uh, quickly bring up a situation that I did experience before when I was a lot younger. And I, I bring this up just when it comes to when I say to individuals, be careful and be mindful of what you do and say in the workplace when it comes to making sure you're creating an environment of comfortable, uh, comfortable ability for people to do their jobs. So as I mentioned, I've had a lot of different jobs, including ones in the service industry, restaurants, quick service, sit down restaurants, things like that. Well, I'm not going to name name the restaurant on air, but um, this is back when I was 23. It was a quick service restaurant. Uh, I was 23. Uh, And of course, like you know, in food service, you're going to get employees, coworkers of all sorts of ages, being teenagers, senior citizens, things like that. So um, I was involved in a a minor incident, what turned out to be eventually, a minor incident. Um, So one day at work, and this is when I was a manager, assistant manager at this place, Uh, you know, normal day at work, nothing big deal. You know, everybody's working their job, doing their business, working the line, stuff like that. Well, a couple of customers came in, a couple of teenage boys, and one of my coworkers was also a teenage was a teenage girl. She was working the line, making food, you know, taking orders, things like that. Uh, But as I'm walking around doing my job, I see these boys kind of pointing and snickering at the girl, teenage girl, as like as she has like a back turn. I'm like, why they pointing and giggle? So after about five minutes of them doing this, um, and the girl doesn't seem to know what's going on, but eventually I noticed that she has her shirt tucked in in a way that basically her underwear is showing, like a little piece of it, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um. So So eventually not in the eye of anyone else, I kind of let her know, hey, uh, FYI, and I told her that I'd noticed these boys are pointing and giggling at you, and I think I know why. So I, I told her that, hey, it's because your underwear is showing, you might want to go in the back and take care of that. Uh, so she did it. And I don't recall her having any sort of, you know, angst towards me for bringing it up. But the next day, um, I basically got called into the office by the manager and basically explained that that the girl felt uncomfortable and it was indicated to me by the manager at least, and I don't know if this is true because I didn't want to bring it up at this point to anybody else, that that it might have been she might have felt uh, uncomfortable because I brought it up to her. Now, again, I didn't take it any sort of way. It was more like understanding. I felt, I did felt a certain way initially because I felt like, well, I was just trying to help. I didn't want to do anything wrong. But as I got older, I realized that, well... I maybe could have handled that a different way. Maybe she could have had like another female employee do that as opposed to me saying something. Um, and again, obviously that comes with maturity. I was only t- actually only 22 at the time. Um, so, but that's goes into what I was saying is that be very mindful of the things you say and do find the best way to handle things. Even because even things that you had the best intentions may not turn out the way you want to, which may or may not be your fault, but still, be mindful of the things you say you do say and do and who you're saying them to and who you're doing them in front of. Because that could have been a thing. Um unfortunately that girl happened to be the owner's daughter. And I will admit that I was a little worried that I might be getting fired because of that. I think the I think the owner understood it. But still it was a it was a thing that I had to have a talking to about. So So again, I just have to say that no matter how old you are, young, older, whatever, if you're in the workplace, supervisor, manager, or not, be mindful of the things you say and do, how you're saying it, and know who you're saying it to, and whatnot, because that can be important when it comes to um, this. Now, I highly doubt these accusations are misunderstandings,
2: particularly if you're groping someone's breast and buttocks. I don't know how that can be misunderstood. but.
0: But you guys get my point. So um I'm gonna leave it at that for the moment. Of course, if you definitely have anything else to say feel free, I'll make I comment on that if need be. But I just feel like I wanted to bring that up just for point of reference when it comes to you being mindful of what you say and do at work.
1: Jason, okay, I think that's important, number one, that you you know, you shared a personal experience uh dealing with just interacting with the opposite sex in the workplace. But I also feel like a lot of times Dudes giving a fuck in the corporate workplace when it's not their turn to give a fuck is something that does need to be cultivated out of us.
0: <laughs> well, hang on, I want to cut you off there real quick. I want to make sure that the people recognize that we're not just targeting this at males watching what they do and say it work because this applies to females as well. I mentioned the movie um, Disclosure, which I know is just fiction, but it happens in the workplace. Trust me, I know this. Sorry, go ahead. I just had to say that. Go ahead.
1: Oh, good. And I don't have a problem with you saying it, but I'm saying particularly, it seems like a lot of times that with boys that eventually become men, that we absolutely give a fuck, uh, and I am absolutely quoting The Wire, by the way, uh, my idol, Bunk Moreland. Um, dude's got a bad habit of giving a fuck when it's not their turn to give a fuck. And we end up, frankly, taking things on that we don't understand um, about the opposite sex um, that, you know what? Sometimes it's okay to not get involved. Sometimes the best thing to do for involvement is to not be involved. Um, And if social media is any indication, we as a society have a hard time doing that. Um, and I don't have any uh, direct reports in my current role, but I definitely think that the world would be a much better place if sometimes we just took a step back and said, okay, I don't have to have the right answer. I don't have to have um, the 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 answer. I don't even need to be the one giving the answer. You know? It's, you know, it's kind of like an offshoot of Karen culture where it's like, oh, I need to speak from a place of authority. You know, in your scenario, you didn't even fucking have any authority, but you felt like, oh, I just wanted to help. I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't your place to be doing said helping. Um, And that's a hard lesson for a lot of dudes. You actually took it and 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 grew from it and learned from it. Meanwhile, we got guys in their 30s and 40s, 50s and 60s trying to say, I don't get it. I said this earlier in the show. Some of these guys are committed to not getting it. Um, you know, some of this stuff really in the workplace, we don't understand it because we're committed to not understanding it. And then there's other parts where it's like, okay, if you can't understand it, at least be fucking quiet. (laughs) Because there's nothing more obnoxious than someone trying to feign um, a desire to
2: comprehend, but committed to being loud as fuck and loud and wrong in the meanwhile. And that's that's a that's about as pretty as a bow as I could put on
1: this bad boy because yeah, a lot of workplaces could 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 uh, benefit from that so all right, that concludes segment three uh for the former governor Andrew Cuomo. Coming up next, we're gonna be closing out the show any observations and omissions um and just closing it out on Cal Park Bros. Thank you for listening to the Cal Park Bros podcast with your hosts, Terrence and Jason. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, leave us a rating and review. Five-star reviews are appreciated. You can always send the show feedback or show topics at calparkbros at gmail.com, or you can leave us a visual voicemail on the Cal Park Bros Anchor Homebase. Who knows? Your message could end up on a future episode of this podcast. Jason, do you have any final uh, observations or any omissions that you think we should ha- uh, cover before we close it out for tonight?
0: Uh, just a couple uh, regarding the story I mentioned. Uh, when it comes to working at the full quick service restaurant and having my potential issue, I actually was did have some authority there. I was the assistant manager of the place, so that might have played a part of it, part in it too. Uh, just wanted to put that out there. Also, transmission video message, but actually a voice message you sent to us that we might put on the show not playing any video on the show it's your voice but that's important too because your voice is important to us so i'll go ahead and um close that out on my end but as always you know it's coming get ready to say it with me people here we go one two three when it comes to all things cow part bros make sure you like us love us share us and follow us because if you like us why wouldn't you
1: amen to that all right folks jason thank you for your thoughts And this is Cow Park Bros, episode 18, signing off. Peace out, y'all.
0: Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And if you like us, why wouldn't
2: you?